0: Blessed be the name of the Lord. There is no other name that's been given unto heaven by which men must be saved. That is the name of Jesus, the Most High God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is the ego, a, I me, the great I am. Hallelujah. 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 Redeemed us from the pit, set our life on high, delivered us out of darkness, brought us out from the judgment, brought us into his own kingdom, that we would be children of the light. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God is so good, God is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and be seated. Praise God. Praise God. God is so good. We're glad that you're here today. I'm glad to be here today. (laughs) Hallelujah. We had a good week. You know, we get away uh, a week, one week out of the year, we get away to get ready for next year. So God has given us some direction for next year. And uh, normally, well, God will give us a, a theme on where he wants to go next year. And then I usually get three or four pages afterwards of just sitting with him and just downloading some stuff and just writing up all kinds of things. But this year was different. This year he gave us a theme and that was it. <laughs> wow. And I wondered why. But then when I look back about what the theme is going to be, oh, I understood why. Not T-O-E. Yes, we're not telling. Because it's not time. You can't live in tomorrow while you're still in today. But we're excited about what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So since he didn't download anything, I I read about seven books this week, which is very unusual for me. Usually if somebody says, hey, I'd like you to read this book, I say, okay, it'll go in the queue. Because they just back up, you know. (laughs) But uh, we got like seven books read this week, and uh, praise God. So I don't know what they did for you, but it really helped me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure that you you will receive the, uh, reap the results of it. Amen? Amen, amen. You remember what it says in Hosea 4, 6, that without a vision, the people perish? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, we've been talking about this. Uh, We've been talking about finances the last several weeks. We're going to continue on because what's going on out there is not helping your finances. You know, the world's not out there to help you, but the kingdom of God is always there to help you. God has you on his mind. God wants to see you succeed. God wants to see you advance. God wants to see you to step into the things that he has for you. And like the prodigal son's father said, all that is mine is yours. And Jesus said, I will take of the father and reveal it to you because all the father has is yours. Isn't that right? Amen. You know, the prodigal son's brother, he did not step into all that the father had. The prodigal son's brother had a slave mentality. He didn't think he deserved anything. And the father said, son, you could have had a fatted calf just any time you wanted. But he never did take hold of it. So he was jealous when the brother came home and the father killed the calf for his brother, put the robe on his feet, the ring on his finger, and the uh, uh, put the robe on, put this robe on his back, the shoes on his feet, and the ring on his finger. And he was jealous over that, that they were having a great celebration. Because the prodigal son's brother said to the father, this son of yours, he didn't say my brother. Now, the brother is only if he's doing something good. Then it's my brother. But when he's doing something wrong, then it's your son, this son of yours, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yet, if you remember, the prodigal son said, divide your, inhe- your inheritance. I, would, I want my part of the inheritance. Well, in order to divide it, it had to go first to the oldest who got two-thirds, and then the youngest that got one-third, so the, the youngest got his one-third, the oldest got his two-third, but never used it. Never took advantage of what the father had given to him. He still thought he was a slave working out in the field. So therefore, the father's father was totally limited on what he could bless the older brother with because the older brother didn't think he deserved it. You know, and you just can't think like, you don't deserve it. You are a child of the Most High God. Now, in yourself, I know, in yourself, we're useless. (laughs) You know, we're worthless. But we don't see ourselves in ourselves anymore. We are to look in the mirror. You know, the Word of God says it's a mirror. Look in the mirror. What do you see when you look in the mirror besides, like, what you don't want to see? But what do you see when you look in the mirror? You see yourself. So when you look in the mirror of the Word, You ought to find yourself and see yourself in the Word of God. So when the Word of God says you're more than a conqueror, what does that mean? I'm more than a conqueror. When the Word says you're victorious, what does that mean? It means I'm victorious. When the Word says He supplies all your needs, what does that mean? All your needs get supplied. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, uh, it's only the basic needs. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know, uh, I mean, if you look around, I mean, just look, uh, if you were to look, if you were able to look, from the coast of Florida to Europe, how much water is there? More than you need. If you were to look from the coast of California over to Asia, how much water is there? More than you need. If you look up at the stars of the sky, how many are there? More than you need. And they're still being created because God's word is still working. You know? God is a more than enough God. More than enough. What does that mean? He's more than what you think is enough. And he's trying to break us out of that poverty mentality. That we are the church of the living God. Jesus is the head of the church. He said, all that the Father has, I disclose it and give it to you. Well, bless God, I'm just hoping to get by. Time to lift up the way you think. Yeah. And that's where it starts, in your thinking. We've got to change the way we think and stop thinking like the prodigal son's brother and start getting a vision and understanding about finances. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Jesus said, you know, the birds. The birds, the father takes care of the birds. They don't do nothing. But the father takes care of the birds. You know, some people think, well, if I just had food, if I just had clothing, if I just had shelter, that's good. The birds have that. Well, some people think, you know, oh, honey, I love you so much, I I give you clothing, I give you a shelter, and I give you food. Charlotte County Correctional will do that. (laughs) And they don't love you. So you understand, basic needs, and God's way beyond basic needs. He said the birds have their basic needs taken care of, and aren't you worth much more than them? You ought to read that in Matthew chapter 6. You're worth much more than the grass that is here today and gone tomorrow. You're worth much more. Amen. Amen. So then if we're worth much more, shouldn't there be more? And guess what? There's more grace than the birds have. You have more grace than the birds have. So therefore you can tap into more of what God has and receive it to yourself and have it in your life. Thank you for your enthusiasm about that. Amen. Hosea chapter 10. I like the book of Hosea. When I read the book of Hosea, I think, Hosea, can you see? You know, can you see what the word is saying? Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be saved. I got saved 41 years ago, I was 30 years old, I'll do the math for you, I'm 71, (laughs) so now you don't have to sit there and try to figure it out and distract yourself, so 41 years ago I got saved, and uh, life when I got saved was rough, our marriage was rough. Things in our family was rough. Things in our house was rough. Everything in life was rough. rough it, was. it was so rough. <laughs> somebody said to me, I remember when you got saved and, it lo- and your marriage was a little rough around the edges. I said, yeah, you mean like somebody took a chainsaw to it. That's how rough it was. But over 41 years of learning the principles of the Word of God, learning faith and how to operate in the things of God and what God has actually put in our hand to operate in, life is a lot better today than it was 41 years ago. Hallelujah. The best thing about my life 41 years ago was that I was saved. And that's all that was good in my life. But that was the best thing. Well, 41 years later, I could say the best thing in my life today is I'm saved. Glory to God. It's still the best thing because everything else is secondary, but yet Jesus has provided it all for us for this temporal life. And what you do in this temporal life with what Jesus has given to you will prove what will be put into your hand in eternity. Amen. 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 So here in Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, "So with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. you so he says, sow with a view to righteousness, or f- uh, sow so that righteousness would spring up. And the word righteousness, it actually means faithfulness, virtue, piety, morality, and reverence. Righteousness has to do with a relationship between God and man. Righteousness also has to do with a relationship between people. Righteousness has to do with if the partners are faithful to the expectations of one another. If the partners are faithful to the expectations of one another, that's what makes the relationship righteous. A righteous marriage is when each partner looks to please the other, and they are faithful to the expectations of each other. That's what makes the marriage righteous. So an opposite condition would make the relationship unrighteous. Now, righteous relationships don't happen just because you're born again. (laughs) Are you with me? See, when you got born again, that's a legal relationship. When I married my wife, it was a legal relationship, but yet it was not righteous. (laughs) It didn't get righteous until a while later (laughs) when we learned about righteousness. And now we could say 44 years of marriage, and we could say our, our marriage is righteous because we look to meet the expectations of one another. I know her expectations a lot more than I know my own, which makes the relationship righteous. How many people are born again and don't know anything about God's expectations? All they know is what they want. I want, that word says, and I should have it, and that's what I want, and I expect God to give me what I want. And that's the only part of the relationship that they know. Well, they have a legal relationship, but it may not be righteous. So a righteous relationship is talking about covenant loyalty. So... So, by keeping your relationship, your righteous relationship in view with the Lord. Any kind of relationship where you sow into it with correct heart motives, it will always bring a blessing to the receiver as well as a reward to the one that is sowing. Are you with me? Always. Any relationship. Human. Human supernatural, any kind of relationship that you're talking about. Let me say it again. If you sow into that relationship with the correct heart motive, you're not trying to get anything, but you're sowing with the correct heart motive, then it will always bring a blessing to the one that's receiving what you're giving, Mm -hmm. but it will also bring a reward to the one that is giving. So the sower receives and the receiver receives. Because that's what Philippians talks about, that you're involved in giving and receiving. And therefore, God supplies all your needs. Amen. Amen. So, so with your righteous relationship in view, reap in accordance with. Now, that phrase, reap in accordance with, it actually means it talks about the mouth and your speech, your words. Reap according to what's in your mouth and what you say. And the word kindness it means mercy, loyalty, and an attitude of love. Therefore, sowing is based on our relationship, and reaping is accordance with a mouth of loyalty of love. So I could sow into, on human terms, I could sow into my relationship with my wife and then come over here to Debbie and talk ugly about her. Well, what am I going to reap from my sowing? Nothing. Because my mouth is not lined up. Your mouth has to be lined up because you will reap, you sow according to your relationship, but your mouth has to be lined up where you're loyally in love with God. Are you with me? See, we need a mouth that does not vacillate, that does not waver with God, but stays loyally in love with Him. And to be in love with Him is to be in love with His Word. Deuteronomy says you love the Lord by obeying his voice and holding fast to him. That's a righteous relationship. I love the Lord. I obey his voice and I hold fast to him. I keep my mouth in line with what he says. Are you with me? So with a view to a righteous relationship, reap with a mouth of kindness and loyalty of love. Break up your fallow ground. Now, fallow ground might be hard ground. But fallow ground is also ground that has been plowed, but it's unseeded. There's no seed in the ground. So, therefore, the ground is idle. It's unused. It's useless. It's dormant. And he says, break it up. And that phrase, break it up, means make your field shine. Make your field shine. Ever, ever, you know, we just drove across state. Uh, we, we, we left the West Coast and, we, you know, we drove across straight around Lake Okeechobee and, and, and all the way across. <clears throat> and there's a lot of open field. You know, and being that I'm from New York, from the city, don't hold it against me, but being that I'm from New York, you know, you look at all this open field and then you think, wow, you could put a lot of buildings on these fields. <laughs> but then the next thought is, so what are you going to eat? because they grow everything. And then you're into processed food. (laughs) No, don't even get me into that 25-year food, don't even. (laughs) I'll believe for the ravens to come and bring something. So it's good to have your field plowed. We drive across state, there's a lot of fields. And you look and you wonder, what is that field? Wonder what that is. Why? Because it's all plowed, but it don't show what the field is. So the field needs to be plowed, but it also and you need to dig up the hard ground. Have all your rows in order. It's good to have your rows plowed and in order because you need to get your life in order. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Get your life in order. But God wants the field to shine forth. So by seeding the plowed field, it will make the field shine. So there were some fields we went by and Pastor Nid said, oh, that's a sugarcane field. Or she'll say, oh, that's that kind of a field or that, you know, whatever. You know, she'd look at it. Why? Because it was shining what the field was designed to shine forth with. And that's what God wants. He wants the field of our life to shine forth. And it shines forth by seeding the plowed field. Without the seed in the field, it just looks like a lot of dug-up dirt. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first got saved, I mean, I was born again, praise God. I came into the kingdom of God. But my life was a lot of dug-up dirt. There was nothing seeded into my life. I was just trying to get by. So there can be plowed fields That show promise of good potential. Mm -hmm. But without the seed, it will not Mm -hmm. shine forth with a harvest. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, we're believers. Jesus is Lord of our life. Is that right? Amen. And as a believer, we look good spiritually. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, we have great promise. And we have great potential on the inside of us, more than a conqueror, an overcomer in life. You know, oh, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Glory to God, he supplies all my needs. Spiritually, I am doing like great. But without the seed in the ground or in the soil, we're not going to shine forth with fruit in our life. You can believe Jesus is Lord of your life as you ought to, but that won't get you healed. You can believe Jesus is Lord as you ought to, but that is not going to get your needs met. You can believe Jesus is Lord as you ought to. That won't get your relationship fixed up. You can believe Jesus is Lord as you ought to, but that won't get you walking in peace. You need the seed of the word of God in you to produce the harvest of health. To produce a harvest of finances, to produce a harvest of a good relationship, to produce a harvest of peace in your life. You need the seed sown into your heart. This is why when people have issues or problems, they go, I'm just believing God. I know without a doubt you ain't got a clue. Because you never even said what the Word of God said. You talk to them forever and they'll never tell you what the Word of God says. They'll tell you, maybe I heard this or maybe I heard that. But they're not telling you what the Word of God said to them. Therefore, they have no clue of what they even believing. in. What they mean is, I sure do hope things work out. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Yeah. It's the Word of God that is the seed that goes into the soil. Break up your foul ground. It is time to seek the Lord. The word seek means to ask and to require. Why? Because he wants to rain on us. Yes, all right? He, he, he wants to come and reign righteousness on us. Time to seek, ask, and require. So what do we need to require? You need to require what is his desire. Mm-hmm. What is God's desire in your life? Well, God wants to meet my needs. God wants me healthy. God wants to take care of this. God wants to fix this up for me. God wants to make my life. Well, what does he want you to do? What about the time he told you to go across the street to the neighbors because they've been fighting all night long? You said, I ain't getting in the middle of that. What does he require? And you can know all the scriptures and all the verses, but you've disobeyed, which showed you didn't love because we ought to be loyally in love. Love the Lord by what? Obeying his voice. He told me to, but I didn't. So I can have all these scriptures going on on the inside of me. I have them all in my bread basket. I have them all hanging all over my refrigerator. I got them all over the place, but the Lord said, and you didn't. It's like we've always said, you need health in your body. We can lay hands on you until we rub all the hair off of your head. But God's dealing with you about unforgiveness and you refuse to forgive. See, it's not a rabbit's foot. It's not something you just hocus-pocus and rub and make everything poof and everything will be just fine. For you to get saved, there was no poof involved in it. It cost Jesus his life an excruciating, torturous death and then paying the price for your sin in hell. Torturous. But he did that so you could poof and become a new creature in Christ. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Obedience is important. Mm -hmm. What does he desire? What does he want you to do? You know, in this day and time, I don't know about you, but in this day and time and with what's going on in this crazy world, you know, there's that book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Rick Renner's book. I'm needful of what he has to give. I'm needful of what he, you know, there's that verse that says, um, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal the land. You know that the number one place that most believers have to turn from their evil ways is when you're in that voting booth. Because you vote based on what you think those people can do for you. That's evil. Because you now made an idol and you put them before God. That's evil. And then what? You get what you voted for. And there's not one person on that ticket that can do everything you want. That's right. But this is how, and believers should not vote. And out the other side of their mouth is, oh, God supplies all my needs as long as He's in Washington. Hmm. Evil. And we wonder why the land's not healed. It's time that the church start getting in that voting booth and vote conviction and not convenience. Because we've said it over and over again. It doesn't matter who's in the White House or who's in the outhouse. It does not matter. God is our source. And we will vote righteousness. We'll vote based on conviction, based on what the Word of God says and who stands for the Word of God. We're not voting for baby murderers. We're not voting for Transgender identification problems. We're not voting for drag queens in the school system. I'm sorry, but we're not voting for that. That's all against the Word of God. Now, we love the people. We'd like to see them all get saved. You say, well, you know, those people, well, you know, what about the people I was? I'm not telling you all that I was. And I never have. And without, the God, without God saying, okay, I never will. You know enough. So having come from that lifestyle, I got saved. Why can't other people get saved? You know how I got saved? Somebody loved me enough. So we're not against people that live in different types of lifestyles. We're for them to get saved to be delivered to yes. be set free Amen Okay let's get back on where we where were we where were we The times in which we live I need what the Lord has I can't make it on the way that it used to be You know back in the early 2000s things were really good Even in the flow of the world, things were really good. And then in the middle, 2000s, things were really good in the flow of the world. But then the economy downturned. Everything turned to garbage. And all those in the church that was connected to the flow of the world, they went right down the toilet with them. Down the tubes. Because we turned away from God being our source. This is the time of the latter rain. There is greater measures and greater capacities of what God wants to pour out and rain on us. For it is time to seek the Lord, seek his desire, until he comes to rain righteousness on you. Now, this second word, righteousness, is very close to the first word, but it's different. And included in this word, righteousness, is that which is right and the way things ought to be. Until he comes to rain on you that which is right and the way things ought to be. Based on what? What you sow. God is not faithless. He is faithful to watch over his word. That if we are going to operate in his word and sowing with the view of that righteous relationship, keeping our mouth in order and loyally in love with him, breaking up the fallow ground, seeding our field, seeking the Lord for what he requires, he will come. And he'll rain on us things that ought to be, which is a harvest of what has been sown. Are you with me? Didn't he say, didn't Jesus say, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness or his right way of doing things? And all those things that the Gentiles eagerly seek after will be given to you. So many people are running after those things when if you just stand in place and do what you should, they'll run you down. So when he comes to rain righteousness on you, he also talks about liberation, welfare, and happiness. Glory to God. Go over to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 13. and Well, let's start in verse 1, actually, not reading the whole thing. 1 through 3. Isaiah 45, 1 through 3. And then we'll jump over to verse 13. It says, Thus says the Lord to Cyrus, his anointed, whom I have taken by the right hand to subdue nations before him and to loose the loins of kings, to open doors before him so that the gates will not be shut. And I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden wealth of secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. I have aroused him in righteousness and I will make all his ways smooth. He will build my city and let my exiles go free without any payment or reward, says the Lord of hosts. So Cyrus was picked by God, set by God, anointed by God to be Israel's deliverer. And for Cyrus's service to the Lord, the nation's riches of darkness would be given to him. Amen. Raised up. Cyrus was raised up in righteousness and he'd go ahead and do the things in God's right way of doing things. And he'll be blessed with righteousness, liberation, happiness, welfare. Cyrus would get the nation's treasures as his wages, but to the Jew, it would cost them nothing. Freely, they were given deliverance by the Lord through Cyrus. But Cyrus, for his service to God would receive the riches of darkness. This is why we say, you know, there's that verse that says that he, he blesses our bread and water and removes sickness from us. That's really a misquote. The Bible actually says that because you serve him, that he will bless your bread and your water and remove sickness from you. We leave out the service part. Why? Because that's what God requires. God requires the service. We want the blessing of the bread and water and the, the health. That's what we want. So that's all we're concerned with. You should stop being concerned with those things. You need to know those things so the devil can't steal them from you. But you need to be more concerned with what God requires. Yeah, that's good. Amen. And all these blessings shall overcome you and overtake you. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above, I'm not beneath. I'm blessed going in, blessed going out. I'm blessed in the work of my hand. My enemy that comes against me one way. He'll flee from me seven ways. And all that I set my hand to will prosper. And the work of my hand, God, will rain on it and it will produce. If, if you hearken to, listen to, and obey the voice of the Lord your God, then. All these blessings will come upon you. Now, you need to know the blessings because the devil will want to try to steal them from you, and he'll tell you that they don't belong to you. But that's not your main focus. Your main focus is what God requires, that you listen to, hearken, and obey the voice of the Lord your God. He'll see to it that the blessings come. You need to know the blessings so the devil can't steal them from you. But you concern yourself with what the Lord requires. Because obedience is always the key. Isn't that right? Yes, Amen. Where are we? Isaiah 61, verse 3. Let's look at it in the King James Version. Isaiah 61, 3. To appoint unto them that morn in Zion, to give to them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Let's look at it now in the New American Standard. So that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. He gives us beauty for ashes. Oil for joy, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you'd be called trees of righteousness, oaks of righteousness. That's oaks of blessing, liberation, welfare. Glory to God. See, this is what glorifies God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. It's not just the tree, it's the producing of the fruit. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So he says that they would be called the oaks of righteousness or trees of righteousness. Do you call yourself what the Lord calls you? Or do you wait to see the blessing, the liberation, and the welfare before you start calling yourself that? Well, I'm not much of a tree of righteousness. I mean, there's no liberation, welfare stuff in my life. And it'll never get there until you get yourself lined up with it. Because that is the principles of the Word of God, basic principle of the Word of God. You have what you say if you believe it. So the first thing is to say it, meditate on it, ponder it, speak it to yourself to where you finally believe it in your spirit. It comes alive on the inside of you. The seed getting sown into you starts to bear fruit within you. So you call yourself what God calls you, whether you see it or not. Why is it that most people don't live in what God has set them to live in? Because they don't call themselves what God's called them. You can't walk around and go, I'm such an idiot. I'm so stupid. I can't believe all the dumb things I do and think that you're going to prosper in life. I even have to fight that urge sometimes. You're so stupid. You know, I have to fight that urge. Who doesn't do stupid things? Raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> we all do stupid things. You know, it reminds me of when my son was 16 years old and he got his driver's license. And the law in the house, wa- the rule, not the, law, the rule in the house was you drive where you need to drive to and then you come home. You don't deviate. You don't go anyplace else. You drive where you need to go and you come home. Okay. So one day he was going to go to a football game at the school. So he takes the car and goes. And Pastor Nid and I decided, well, let's go play. Well, actually, Pastor Nid decided she's going to drag me along to go play tennis. <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> and we realized the tennis rackets were in the trunk of the car that my son had. So we said, well, let's run over to the football game. You know, we'll get the... Get, The tennis racket's out of the car. We go there. There's no football game. I'm like, what's going on? There's no football game. Well, then maybe it was just a practice, and practice is done. Well, then where is he? He wasn't home, so where is he? And we're just standing out there wondering what is going on here. And the Lord said to me, he's over at the mall in the arcade playing video games. I'm like, oh, that's called deviation. All right, so, okay, he was supposed to be here, but maybe he was there, but now he's over there. He shouldn't be there, either way you look at it. So we go over to the um, uh, arcade, and he's there. He's on the basketball game. Everybody's surrounded. It's his turn, you know, and I walk up to him, and I go on his back. He can't see me, I, and he shrugs me off, you know, because I'm bugging him, you know, and I do it a second time like that, and he shrugs me off, you know, and then the third time, I'm like, hey. And he turns around and he's like, you know, because he's going to tell me off for giving him a hard time. But then he turns around and sees it's me. And he turns back to the game like, (laughs) what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know? Well, his hands froze. You know, he lost his spot. So he goes, I got to go. I'm like, yeah, you do. So he says to me as we're walking out the mall, he goes, I'll get my car and I'll meet you at home. I said, oh, no, no. You get in my car. We will drive you over there and I'll drive your car home. So we get home. Of course, his head's hanging, because he's caught. And he says to me, this is the expression he says. He says, I am such a fool. I said, Bobby, you are not a fool. I said, what you did was foolish, but you are not a fool. And since you are not a fool, you can fix this. Because if you are a fool, you're done. There's no fixing this. I said, but you're not a fool. What you did was foolish, so since you're not a fool, you can fix this issue. And I took his keys away from him. He says, how long am I going to be without a car? I said, oh, we'll see. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him because I want to see his attitude. He, if he's got a stinking attitude. He's not getting the car back until he gets himself straight. But he got his attitude straight. Everything he knew, he messed up, so he was okay with, you know, the way he was disciplined for it. Well, in a week, he got his car back. He never had another issue with it. Again. Amen. So you got to call yourself what God calls you. You can't be calling God. God don't call you a fool. You understand if God ever called you a fool, that's it for eternity. You're a fool. There's no change in it. You have no hope anymore. God does not call you a fool. (laughs) And he doesn't call you stupid. He doesn't call you a moron. He does call you dirt, though. And he can't expect much from dirt. (laughs) So if we'll call ourselves what God calls us, we'll start to live what God says we can live. Amen. Amen. So back over to Hosea uh, chapter 10, verse 12. So with a view to your righteous relationship, reap with a mouth that's loyally in love with God, speaking what God says. Break up your fallow ground so it can shine, get your field seeded so it'll bring harvest. Seek the Lord for what he requires, and then he will come and rain and pour down blessing, liberation, welfare on you, or he'll pour out stuff. It's all about prosperity. He'll pour it out on you based on your sowing and all the other things in there. Doing things God's right way. Now, let me read to you the Septuagint translation of this. Septuagint is the Greek writing of the Old Testament. So it's taking the Old Hebrew Testament and then writing it in Greek. And this is how the Septuagint says it. He says, sow for yourselves for righteousness. Gather for for the fruit of life. Light for yourselves the light of knowledge. Seek out the Lord until the produce or product of righteousness comes to us. See, righteousness is to have a product. It has a produce. In fact, in Isaiah 58, and you don't have to turn there, but in Isaiah 58, in verse 8, in the Amplified Bible, it talks about how your righteousness will go before you and direct you into peace and prosperity of life. Amen. One commentary says that he will come and rain down righteousness with a salvation that is both spiritual and temporal. See, what you receive from the Lord and what he has available to you in this life is part of your salvation. Amen. It touches us in every realm. Salvation is designed to touch you in every realm. The definition of of salvation, the Greek word sozo, is your deliverance, your protection, your healing, your soundness, your preservation. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing whole, nothing broken, everything be made whole. You know, this is what God wants for us. Amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is saying here, so with faithfulness and in a relationship with God. Reap with a mouth of unwavering love and loyalty towards God. Plant or sow your seeds in your field so that it will shine forth and be useful because a greater capacity and measure of stuff and prosperity is being poured out in these latter days. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 10. You know, it's amazing. A lot of people don't like to hear about prosperity in church. They'd rather hear outside of church how you ain't got a chance. You have no hope. You're going down the tubes. Major crashes around the corner. The depression of the 20s is at the door. You know, that's what they'd rather hear. But they don't want to hear that God wants to meet all their needs. They think, oh, no, that's just, uh, that's just uh, 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 you know, that's, that's um, covetousness. <laughs> but God's not covetous. God's in the blessing business. Yes. You know, and um, God's not going to make you a spoiled brat. You know, children are not spoiled because they're given so much. We've always been taught this, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Oh, you give them too much, it spoils them. No, no. Giving kids a lot does not spoil them. Not disciplining them is what spoils them. You can give them the world, but as long as they're disciplined, they'll be fine. They know how to handle it. That's what, you know, and and it's, you know, (laughs) and and that's what you see in the church. It's lawlessness. That creates spoiled kids. It's not the stuff. The stuff with discipline is what creates a sound, solid life. That's right. Amen? Yes. Amen. And God is more than enough. That's right. He wants to supply everything for us. He don't want you going down that road with the world. The world's not talking good things right now. Okay, the world don't usually ever talk good things, you know. And there's nothing wrong with money. You know, money has no nature of its own. Money in the hands of a mafia boss could get somebody killed. But money in the hands of an evangelist could bring salvation to a nation. Same money. Money just takes on the nature of the person that owns it. It It doesn't have a nature of its own. Amen. So to say money is evil is not true. The love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. Lucifer, who headed up everything on the earth, was God's right-hand man. He was the anointed cherub. It was said because of the abundance of his merchandise, his stuff, he was internally filled with violence and sinned. It was because of the love of money, the love of stuff. It's not about a love of stuff. Your love stays on God, no matter what kind of stuff you have. That's right. Amen. So, here in verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Well, there we go again with a harvest of righteousness. He comes to pour righteousness on you. you, God supplies. He furnishes abundantly your seed for sowing. You know, you may not always have what you need, but you're never without seed. The seed contains the germ for the new fruit. New life comes out of the seed. There cannot be any new fruit without the planting of the seed. And God is so gracious to us that he even supplies the seed yeah. to us so that we can sow it. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't give you, give you seed so you can eat it. You know, you can get yourself a big, plump tomato and eat a tomato and it could fill you up. But how many tomato seeds is it going to take to fill you up? It's going to take a lot of tomato seeds. because the seeds were not designed to eat. Right. Seeds are designed to be planted so you can have fruit to eat. To Amen? Yes. Amen. The seed is supplied to the sower. Who is the sower? The sower is one who scatters, spreads, and covers with seed. So we're not just talking about giving in church. We're talking about being a giver. Going to a restaurant and blessing the servers. I mean, just bless. You don't tip based on the kind of service you think they gave you. They might have gave you garbage service because they're so distracted because their home life is so bad. They need some help. They need somebody to lift them up. So maybe you ought to just, you know, give them the amount of what it costs you for your meal and give them that as a tip. <laughs> that's crazy. No, that's sowing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Don't be like Peter. Whoa, Lord, what will be left for us? Well, if you sow, you can't be without. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The seed is supplied to the sower so the sower can sow. A sower is not one that drips here and there. A sower is a giver. Loves to give. He sows, he scatters, covers his ground with seed. Just loves to be a giver. His field is not fallow ground. He keeps it seeded. And it's always ready to shine. Glory to God. God will put in our hands seed. And we prove to God our faithfulness with our seed. He doesn't just want to drip a seed here and there. He wants to be your supplier. You know what what it means when you have a supplier? It means you can order whatever you want. God don't have supply chain issues. (laughs) God's not depending on another country to give him supply. God is the supply. So you can call up whatever you need. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it's a righteous relationship where each partner is faithful to the expectations of the other. I expect God to supply my seed, and then God expects me to sow the seed. Proving faithful. See, you've got to prove yourself with, faithful with unrighteous mammon because that is the proof of your being able to handle the true riches. Why is it called unrighteous mammon? Because they're going to pass away. At the end of this age, it's done. Doesn't matter how much money you have, you're not taking it to the next into into eternity with you. Who will who will possess that which you have prepared when you leave here? So we don't take any of that with us, so it doesn't follow us into eternity. But what follows us into eternity is the reward of what we have done with our unrighteous mammon. What you did with that is what will follow you into eternity, and there will be rewards. And the more faithful you are to use your unrighteous mammon correctly, the more the true riches will be supplied to you. Yeah, yes, Amen. So if I need to be a sower for him to supply seed to me, well, how can I be a sower if he hasn't yet supplied seed for me? It's a good question. It's that catch-22 deal. I want to be a sower, and I need God to supply seed, but I haven't, can't prove myself as a sower Because God had never supplied me seed. So, how do I prove myself? Tithing. The tithe. If you're not faithful with that which is not yours, how can you ever be entrusted with your own? Isn't that what Jesus said? The tithe belongs to God, it's not yours. Don't give me the Old Testament stuff. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's before the law. It's after the law. It's all over the Bible. If the tithe belongs to God and we are not faithful with what is His, then how can He ever put seed into your hand so that you can sow it as your own into your own field? Mm, that's good. Right. And yes. right. If you can't be proven faithful with the tithe, you're not going to be faithful with the seeds to sow. Yeah, Withholding what is justly due results in what? in what? In want. The tithe is what's justly due. Right. Tithing is the avenue to prove ourselves for seed sowing. So Hosea 10:12, 12, sow with a view to righteousness. If we're not tithing, we're not even getting over to that part. Tithing is just the very, very basic foundation of financial increase in the kingdom of God. Amen? He's given you the power to make wealth. Let me try that over here. He's given you the power to make wealth. He wants to see you increase, grow, and develop in life. He wants to see abundance in your life. Jesus came that you would have life more abundantly. Now, that's not just money, but money is included. You know, I don't want you to think that, you know, when we talk about these things, we only talk about money. Money is included. I mean, what good is all the money if you don't have enough to take care of the medical needs you have? So what good is the money? You got medical issues. Money's not going to help you. You need health. Well, you ought to have an abundance of health. You know, God's against lack. Lack in any area. He's against lack in your health. He's against lack in your finances. He's against lack in your relationships. He's against lack in peace in your life. He's against the the worry. He's against the fear. He's against the the, the anxiety that wants to steal peace from you. He's against those things. God's a God of abundance. More than enough. Anytime you don't think so, just pull up your, your, your travel app on your map and expand it and, and just see how much water there is. More than enough water. It's like people say, well, what are we going to do if the water gets shut off? Well, you could go down to the beach and get some water and boil it. Just keep a propane tank so that you can stoke it. <laughs> Boil the water. You'd be good. All right. He supplies seed to the sower. So if we scatter, we spread and cover with the seed the germ of new fruit, which the Lord supplies and furnishes abundantly, he will continue to supply and furnish in a multiplied measure. He who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will supply and multiply multiply. your seed. So if he takes the seed and you're faithful with the seed, he'll start to multiply your seed. Amen. So that you can sow even more. Because when you sow even more, the harvest is even greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He will also increase us and cause us to grow and enlarge by expanding our giving. He increases the harvest. He doesn't just say you'll have a harvest of righteousness. He says it will increase the harvest of your righteousness. So he supplies seed, which produces a harvest of righteousness, but then he'll multiply your seed and it'll increase the harvest of your righteousness. Amen. Amen. To increase that which has been begotten or born, which comes out of our mouth. Because I'm holding to the things of God. I'm declaring. I'm loyally in love with God. This is what God said. Sow with a view to righteousness. Keep my mouth in line with what he says. He said he supplies seed to the sower. I've taken the seed. I sow it. Therefore, he's going to harvest righteousness into my life. It's going to come back in greater measures. I declare what God declares. Amen. Hallelujah. God grows our confession as we continue to grow in him. You know, when you first start and you start sowing seed, you, you know, your only confession might be, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you meet my needs. Thank you, Jesus, you meet my needs. Thank you. That might not be only, and, but then it's like, Lord, I thank you that according to your riches in Christ Jesus, you supply all my needs, my business, my task, and my undertakings. I thank you, Lord, that I'm one that sows, and therefore I will increase all the more. Father, I thank you that you supplied the seed to me, and and I've sown that seed, and therefore you bring harvest into my life. There's one that gives and yet increases all the more. See, your, 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 your understanding starts to increase more and more and more and more. And therefore the words of our mouth start coming out in line with the word of God, staying loyally in love with Him and learning not to vacillate, but staying on His Word because His Word is truth. So we learn to stay on His word. Amen. Amen. Wh- and because you know, you need you have a need of endurance. You have a need of endurance. You, you have boldness, need of endurance with confident speech. I hold fast. To the confession of my faith. Because he who promised is faithful. I will not let go and he will not let me down. Amen. I declare his truth and his truth will work in my life. It will change the facts. Because his truth is greater. Amen? Amen. This harvest is in accordance with our righteousness, our kindness, our graciousness and liberality. In Matthew chapter 6, remember, again, where he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. If you back up to the beginning of chapter 6 of Matthew, of Matthew Jesus says that there are three acts of righteousness. Now, the King James says it wrong. In fact, could you bring that up? Matthew 6.1. J- and, and King James, because King James actually translates it wrong. It says, take heed that you do not your alms before men, to be seen of men. Okay, that's actually a wrong translation. If you go over to the New American Standard, it's a better translation. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men. Now, he goes on to give us three areas of righteousness that we can practice. And the first one is giving of alms. The second one is prayer. And the third one was fasting. And those are righteous acts. Beware of practicing your righteousness. Because the Pharisees would stand on the street corners and they would sound a a horn when they were going to give. So that everybody could see them and everybody could notice them. And then when they would pray, they would pray long and loud prayers. So that everybody could be so impressed with their great words. And then they would fast and they would put... uh, 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 they, you know, fasting back in those days, they would have all kinds of odors come out of their pores when they were fasting. And they would do this on purpose so that people would realize, oh, they're fasting. They're... And Jesus said, no, put some ointment on, please. <laughs> get the aftershave out. Get the cologne out so that nobody knows that you're fasting. And it was all about your father that sees in secret will repay you openly, yes. openly. God's not trying to keep your blessing a secret. He wants everybody to know that you're blessed of Him. He said that to the nation of Israel, that all the world will know that you're blessed of your God. Amen. Amen. It's man. It's the devil that's caused man to be embarrassed over the blessings of God. So the Pharisees had no relationship with God. So when they would pray, they would give or they would fast. It would only be to be seen of men. But giving based on a righteous relationship, you don't do it to be seen by men. You do it because you're honoring God. Faithful to his expectations and he'll be faithful to yours. And he'll repay you openly. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. What will he do? Based on his promise, he'll increase you. He'll grow your harvest, grow your confession. And all of this because we sow in a righteous, kind, gracious, liberal relationship. And I would say that in all of this, we got the easy part. We have the easy part. Do you know what the hardest part about sowing is? Your flesh letting to let go. That's the only hard part. That dog hasn't done you one lick bit of good. And we still listen to that. It tried to keep you from being saved. It tried to keep you from being filled with the Holy Ghost. It tried to keep you from being healed. It tried to keep you from advancing in the kingdom of God. It's tried to keep you down, keep you back. But the more you've learned to say no to the flesh and do what God tells you to do, the more you've realized God watches over his word to perform it. God brings increase into our life. We have the easy part. The expectations we have on the Lord are much greater than he has on us. Amen. So God not only gives the sower a harvest, but he increases the harvest, which is already present. He increases the harvest or increases the capacity of your receiving. God is supplying everything we could ever need. He goes far beyond basic needs, far beyond just meeting your needs, but brings liberality and greater opportunities in order to be kind and gracious to others. Everything, everything you do. See, if you're a giver, your life is full of opportunities. You're always looking to be a giver, always looking to bless other people. As we plant seed into our field, we will come into position to receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's make our field shine. Amen. Why? So that the rain of God. See, when you got a field, what does the field need in order to grow more? It needs rain. It needs rain on that seed, right? So God wants to come and rain down on us. He wants to pour out on us in greater measure and in greater capacity. And he wants to pour out stuff. He wants to pour out prosperity. You know, don't get religious. Don't get religious on God. Oh, God just wants righteousness poured out. He wants you to get some stuff. He wants you to have more stuff than you yes. even want. He does. You know why? Why does God want you to have more stuff than what you want? Because God has more on his mind than just you. You, mostly as individuals, we have me on my mind. But God's got more than you. Us on his mind. God's got a world on his mind. God's got people that he needs to bring into the kingdom. God wants his people moving in a direction to supply. You know, not all of us can go into the world, but we can all give into, giving into, into the world. Amen. Wouldn't you love to give $10,000 to somebody? They're going into the world. I'd like to give them $10,000, $20,000, $50,000. Don't come home until you're done. You need more, send me a letter. (laughs) You know, I mean, wouldn't that be great? Well, God's got, that's what God has on his mind. God's beyond our one fork, one spoon, one glass, one, you know, he's beyond that. He wants abundance. Why? Number one, we have a covenant. Number two, we have assignments. You can't fulfill either of them without prosperity hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. god is so good lift your hands to the lord father we bless you oh father we just honor you and glorify you holy spirit we look to you and whether we're in this room whether we're on live stream or on podcast we look to you to seal these things on the inside of us That we'll take them and mutter them to ourselves, ponder them, think about them, read them back over again, hear it again. That it come alive within our spirit. That it sets us on a path, directs our steps. That our soul, being renewed, being restored, comes in line with that which you've declared. Lord, we'll continue on down this path because we know that you want us to take hold of this. In these days and times in which we live, we cannot afford to be looking anyplace else other than you. You are our supply. You don't just supply for us, but you are our supply. Yes. Lord, I thank you. You're everything to us. You are the desire of our heart. You're all that we need. Lord, I come against every trick and device of the enemy that would try to steal this seed, that will not let Affliction or persecution steal the seed away. We'll not allow desires and worries and cares to steal the seed away. But we speak that the seed will be sown into the good soil, that it will produce. And Father, we stand against the locust that would come to steal that harvest and say that you have no right, you have no place. In the name of Jesus, we forbid you to touch the harvest that comes from the seed being sown in them. And Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father, that because we walk in your word and take your word into our life and allow it to create actions in our life, that it takes our todays and sets our tomorrows. That we'll walk in your ways, walk in your will, and walk in all that you would have us to do. Father, we bless you, we honor you, and praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, glory to God, glory to God. God is so good, amen, amen. I want to remind you, 6 o'clock tonight, last Sunday of the month, so we're having believers meeting tonight, hallelujah, Uh, even if you're not a believer, we invite you to come. (laughs) Uh, Of course, live stream is going to start at 6.30, but we'll be in-house at 6 o'clock tonight, so if, if you can be here for that, that would be great. God is wonderful. He is good. He is gracious. He is kind. His arm is not short. His eye is not dim. And his ear is not deaf. But he's always turned towards us. Yes, you, runs throughout the whole earth seeking someone whose heart is faithful towards him. And he will put on the brakes and stop just for you. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your grace, Father. We bless you. We honor you. We come before you with our giving, with our tithes, with our seed sowing, Father, whatever it may be, to come before you in honor and respect and reverence to you, Lord, with a heart of gratitude that you allow us, allow us in our condition to come before a holy, loving God with our seed, with our tithe, with our sowing. And, Father, I thank you. That you have attached promise to it. That we need not need to look any place else other than to your word, to you, and to the seed, that it will produce after its own kind. Father, I thank you that because we tithe, you said you open the windows of heaven, rebuke the devourer for our sake, and the vine of the field will not cast its grapes, that you're setting opportunities up for us, that they'll not be stolen or destroyed or fall apart before we get there but we will follow you into the opportunities and that which we put our hand to will be blessed and will receive increase. Father, we thank you for it. We bless you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. If you need an envelope for a credit card or cash giving, if you raise your hand, the ushers will serve you. Thank you for joining us today on live stream on podcasts, we're so glad that you could be with us today, that I do pray that the word of God has really touched you and brought influence into your thinking and into your believing. Take the seed and sow it on the inside of you, ponder it, think about it, meditate on it, and allow God then to show you wisdom and understanding that you'll be able to apply these things into your life and that you will have the benefits because God wants to repay you openly. So if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to the website on the screen, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. We thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything at all that we can stand in prayer with you about, please let us know, contact us. It's always an honor to stand with our partners and believe God for your needs to be met. Amen.